Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Yo, it's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. We got my man Jamal Crawford, L.A. Clipper, three-time six-man of the year, ankle-breaker extraordinaire. Um, this is a really good interview. Telling me bugged-out stories about Michael Jordan, um, hip-hop head. He's naming his top five. I'm naming my top five. Um, we share the same birthday, March 20th. Shout out to the uh, Pisces in the building. Jamal's been in the NBA for so long now. He's actually 37, looks 27. Um, so he's seen so much. He's seen the evolution of the game. He's seen the evolution of the NBA. Um, and this is just a dope interview. It's a dope interview with my man, Jay Crossover. This podcast is sponsored by MeUndies and the LA Clippers. Got to talk about my new favorite underwear brand, MeUndies. I love them so much. So soft, so comfortable, and perfect for lounging or playing ball. And I also recommend the lounge pants, which are unisex. Elevate your underwear game to the next level with MeUndies. What is MeUndies? Oh, they're just seriously soft. Feel good underwear delivered right to your door. MeUndies are designed in L.A., Made from sustainable source, micromodal, a fabric three times softer than cotton me undies, is softer than soft, comfortable, luxe undies, underwear come in ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns, so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style and how you feel on that day, and guess what, you could save time and money each month with a monthly subscription, and if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay, you could still save, that's because me undies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, meundies.com slash clippers, and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead and revamp your underwear drawer. You deserve it. You want to have a good time? You need a pair of good underwear. Go to meundies.com forward slash clippers. Get 20% off your first pair. Once again, that's meundies.com slash clippers. Meundies.com slash clippers. Yo, check this episode out. It's dope. I'm proud of it. And, uh... It's another banger from uh, MeUndies, LA Clippers, and the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Podcast. See, Iron Rap Poor Stereo Podcast. I'm here with Jay Crossover. Yeah. And and people sometimes like Jay Crossover. That's a funny nickname. And then when Last Night comes around, <laughs> you really like like that was like uh, internet uh, shut down the internet worthy. It was. You want to hear the funniest story about that? Yes. And I was just telling Seth. So. My son, I have two sons. My son who's six, he's always doing stuff with the ball, always doing different things with the ball. I'm like, man, well, how did you think of that? So I saw him do that move the other day, right? And so he wasn't at the game last night. He doesn't come to the games on the weekdays. He has school, so he only comes on weekends. So I show him the move this morning. I was like, I, got, I did your move. He's like, 
Nah, you did it wrong. <laughs> you did it wrong. My wife starts cracking. She's like, you did it wrong. That's funny. I'll show you when I get home from school. I'll show you how to do it. You're supposed to put the ball in front. I'm like, I did put it in front. He's like, no, put it in front first and then do it. So I never did that move before in the NBA until I saw him messing with the ball this past week. And I was like, I did your move. Yo, when you do a move like you did last night, I'm talking about the Houston Rockets versus the Rockets. You put it was it was between the legs, between the same leg. Then behind the back. And then behind and then a split, but it was left-handed. It was all left-handed. It was all le- like you, you put it behind the back. It was left to left. It was yeah. It was left to left. It was through the legs, left to the behind the back, left, and then push it through with your right. Are you? I mean, is it all in the moment, or like you said, I did. You you know, you did your son's move. Is it preconceived, or is no, it? No, it's in the moment. It's just happening. It just happens. It just happens, but it's funny how life works because I had never did that move until I saw my son do it. That's crazy. I never practiced it. I never did anything. I just looked at it. That's beautiful. Yeah, and then because it, it's like it's easy to go back and watch tape, and it's like the 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 split frames. Like, okay, you do this, but you have split decisions, right? And you got you know it's happening fast. So, are you hearing the ooh? Yeah, you could hear the ooh in the in, like after the like because when you do the 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 the, the move, the, the initial, the move. first part, yeah. there's an ooh. Then I mean, it's, it's like, happening so quick, but that was like almost like a three ooh. Yeah, that was it's like usually a three two. for one. It's usually two, right? And it, I, I always said when I was, like, I'm saying usually two, and I'm like, right, yeah, right, like right. I know. You do this all the time. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Of course, yeah, I hear there's two yeah. oohs. But it's usually the ooh off the move, and then when the shot goes in, it's like another one. And I always vow when I was a kid, like when you do nice moves, you have to finish. I remember Iverson, like he always finishes nice moves. One of my one of my biggest pet peeves right now, and I call it the skinny genification of the NBA, <laughs> is that. People are going viral for moves that don't go in. Yeah, I don't People are I'm going, into that. You know, like the Willie Cauley-Stein that dunked that wasn't when he yeah. dunked it over um, Gobert. Right. And everybody went crazy. I'm like, yo, did I miss something? I had to watch it. I'm like, yo, what am yeah. I missing here? Because the dunk didn't go in. Yeah, I've never been into, like, when I was a kid in high school and just coming up doing stuff, I was like, if the move, like, doesn't mean anything if the basket doesn't go in or the right. pass doesn't finish or complete. You know what I mean? So yeah. they go hand in hand. You can't have the move and then miss the shot. Like, what's that? When you're seeing kids, like, this is another thing I think is unhealthy for basketball. Because you, 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 should, you should explain this to, to, to people and to kids and to people who play basketball. If, you, if somebody's D'ing you up and you're D'ing somebody up, you're playing proper defense, you're going to get crossed over. It's yeah. part of the explain that because I think what's happening for kids is they're going to become scared to, to play, play defense, defense because you might be on Instagram. Theater, exactly. People are going to run around the gym like oh, chickens man. with their heads cut right. off over nothing. Right. Please give a PSA on that. Yeah, you have to play. If you've played basketball long enough, you've gotten dunked on, you've gotten crossed over, you've missed dunks. That's just part of the game. Like, you're not playing basketball until that happens. You know what I mean? That means you're really playing. You're getting after it. If you're playing defense, you're going to get crossed over. You're going to get a nice move done. It happens. Get over it. Right. Like, you know, get over it. It's I hate happen. seeing this Instagram crap of these, you know, and people are yes. running around. And I think people are going to be scared to. To play defense. So, in effect, you're kind of hurting your team that way. This is Jamal Crawford. This is a PSA from Jamal Crawford. PSA. You got to play D. And you got to play defense. So, so, so you got to you know, attempt to play defense. You got to attempt. Give yeah, the, give the uh, affectation. That you're playing. Give defense. the impression that you're playing defense. So, so in the crossover world, right now, I mean, you, you've been in the league for so long. You, yeah. You're 37. You look 27. Right now, you're one of the dudes that could that could catch somebody on Instagram consistently. Catch somebody, you know, hashtag. Who else? Who else? Kyrie, Steph, Chris, Paul, obviously. Um, Kyrie really got some. He's got some, and, and his his handles and his program. You know what he has? He has a mean handle. He has a handle like I'm trying to embarrass you every time. I Remember how Kyle Lee Watson was in Above the Rim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got that handle. Like I'm trying to embarrass you every single time I, I'm, you're guarding me. Do you get that impression from him? Yeah, you do. I used to be like that. It used to be more of an incentive. Yeah, it was more like I want to. In forget, your younger days. Yeah, exactly. Even like forget you guarding me. I'm trying to embarrass you. I was like that. And he's such a like a mild mannered low key. Yeah, he he's almost like a basketball nerd. Like, yeah. cause, like if you didn't, he's a dude. If he showed up at the park, you'd be like, "Yeah, I got home." Yeah, you would never know. He's not boisterous or, or braggadocious about it. It's just that's who he is. But I think Isaiah Thomas. I think mm-hmm. Kimba Walker. Mm-hmm. I think those guys have mean. I think Derrick Rose. There's some guys right. with some mean. Hands. He caught. He caught somebody earlier in the year. Yeah, he did. 
he in did. the garden. I was like, he's John Wall just pulled some the other day in the garden. I saw right, him. he got some. So guys are very creative. I love watching it. It's an interesting time for 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 the point guard because yes, it is. The, the guys with the ball, like it's almost they're controlling like, everything. It's a, they're at a premium right now. Has it changed since you came for into the sure. league? If I, when I first came in the league, if you're a point guard, because I was a point guard, I'm yes. If you if you're a point guard taking ten threes a game, your coach would have pulled you out so fast. Like get the ball inside, you know, take two threes a game or three threes to see the game evolve. It's a lot better for guards now because you're really controlling everything. Even point guards now. Is there really a point guard? Chris is a point guard, right? You know what I mean? But besides Rondo's a point guard. Besides that, most of the guards are scoring guards. So you have guys getting. 30 points and four assists or five assists. And that's accepted. That's that's what they want. What happened? Why did it change? Is it with, is it the rules? Is it the players? I think it's both. I think because when I came in the league, it was more physical. You know, like you could, you Have could you, actually, It's changed, though. It's like, definitely changed. Since you've been evolved. here. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely evolved because it was more about the point guards being point guards, getting guys the ball. Um, now you want your point guards to, to, to be scorers. You want it to be positionless basketball, as, as they say. Like, guys just play multiple positions. You want more threes. You got big guys shooting threes. Did you ever think you'd see the day? No. I mean, when you grew up playing ball, big dude, get your ass in the in post. In the post. And it was like a freak show. Patrick like when Ewing, Manu, bang, bang. Can you imagine Patrick Ewing shooting threes? No, no. I mean, when Manu Bowl used to do or it. Or Shaq shooting threes. Like, no. I mean, what, like, what would what – would, because I believe that one day there's going to be a guy who's bigger than Shaq who's is more athletic than Shaq, where is he going to, is he going to be like DeMarcus, like shooting, shooting three? threes <laughs> and everything else and everything else with that. But why would you want a guy like, let's say you get a guy, a, a true blue right. goon, right? Back to the basket. Who's going to turn and literally like nerf, nerf dunk on everything. You. Why would you want him shooting threes? I agree with you. I, I think there's a place for every, and that's the thing. Like nowadays they try to put everything in boxes with analytics and all I'm not into that. I'm into, like, the eye test. There's, there's something for it. Just like you like black, you may like blue. You know, there's something for everybody. It's not just this or that. Like, it's, it's everything. So this, this is another uh, hot topic in terms of, like, you know, basketball zeitgeist. This kid, Lonzo Ball, yeah. who is, nice. appears to be a, a, a pass-first point yes. guard. Where does he live? Where does it? Where or is it? The death of the pass first point guard is it? Is it going to become more relevant? Do you have to be an attack first point guard? I think you. It's going towards attack first point guards, but if you're a pass first point guard, you have to be really special. Like Chris, he's special. Like because he can score. Right. He can score with the best of them, but he's his mindset is that of one who's trying to get everybody else off first, and then right. I'll take over. You know so. To be that guy, you have to be really special. And Lonzo Ball, you know, to his credit, I mean, this has nothing to do with the Chris thing. I'm just saying in general, he yeah. looks to be like one of those guys that can be a special player as well. Not, I'm not saying Chris love, but he can be right. a special guy who can, who can make things happen with the pass. All right. He's a one and dunner. You were a one and dunner. Yes. Some of these dudes are not ready to come in the NBA. I'm not sure I was ready. <laughs> I saw you at the Garden. Yes. Yeah, you might have been 145 pounds. Maybe. Wet. Yo, I remember I was like, yo. With, a, with Timberlands on in a, in a, in a, in a Scully and in, in a, a North Face. I, with all that on, I may have been 150. Wet. All it had to be all wet that. to maybe be 150. Yeah. Like soaking wet. Like you, you have to go I in the ocean. I was not ready. Do you say now you weren't ready? Yeah, for sure. At the time, you're like, can't nobody guard me. I thought I was the Irish in the generation. Like, you know, so I'm like, I'm ready. And you're, you know, being confident and always being successful at that level, you feel like you can do anything. But looking back, I wasn't ready. Not just on the court, off the court. How so? I had to learn to be a professional. I'd be on the phone arguing with family members on the team bus. We're going to games. like, And the vets were kind of looking at back at me like, what the hell are you doing? How old were you? 19. Man. Yeah. So, so when you see kids like uh, um, Ingram yeah. and, 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 you know, everybody's in such a rush – do you want to just be like, yo, chill? Like, yo, you, 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 first of all, you need to you go to In-N-Out Burger. Second of all, like, yo, what's the rush? Like, or like when you're that young, if you come up, you come up hard, your family needs the yeah, money. I, I understand the both dream sides. is right, right there. Right, right. Like, it's right both. there. See, now being in the NBA and being a veteran, I look back like, no rush. But when I was out the NBA, I'm like, I've dreamed my whole life of this. This is realistic. I can get this. I'm this close to playing the NBA with the best players in the world, guys I've had on my wall and seen on 2K or whatever. I want this, and my family needs help. Like, I get that part of it. But now that I'm in it, I can look back like, you know what, there's no rush. And to his credit, he seems more mature than I was at that right. age, for sure. 
And these dudes are like bred to be NBA players. Yeah. Like if you're like one of these AAU darlings. Yeah, I think it's easier to be in the NBA now, to be honest with you. How come? I just think when I was coming up, like it was like a man's league. It really was like a man's league. Like we didn't have social media. Can you imagine if Allen Iverson or Michael Jordan had Twitter or something? Like you, I can actually say something and then they can respond. They can see this. Are you serious? And every single one of AI's moves or every single one of Jordan's Man, moves. Man, to watch, I remember AI's crossover, right? So I had to. That would have literally broke. That would have broken broke it. But it took me 10 minutes to watch one of his crossovers. To load, It took me 10 minutes to load the computer to watch a five-second clip right. of him crossing over. Right. Like I had to leave. I had to set it up, leave, come back to the library and school. I remember doing this. That's crazy. Yeah. like so. You were in high school or college? I was in high school. Man, that's dope. Yeah. That's like, dope. So imagine that. Like. Just seeing Allen Iverson when I was in high school, sneaking in the Sonic games, seeing these guys, just being able to touch them like they're real-life people. Like, these guys can tweet to us. and Like, it's a totally different thing now that nobody could, I'm sure, in our era saw coming. What, what did AI mean to you? Everything. I had 35 pictures on my wall. You can ask my mom to this day. I had 35 pictures on my wall of Allen Iverson. 35. They weren't even cut up right. Like, some of them were <laughs> magazines. They, were, they weren't, like, perfectly cut. Like, I cut whatever I could get and put them on my wall. <laughs> So when you're when with somebody like that that you love so much, yes. I, I've had it with actors. You mm-hmm. know, like Who when I was like De Niro, way? like I was like, this is De it's Niro, a different. Huh? You know, it's a it's a totally different. thing. It's a different thing, but it but it's a similar thing because like at the end of the day, when I'm working with Robert De Niro, I, like that's all away. Like I'm looking at him like, yo, we're it's not competitive. I'm not right. like I'm trying to. You're in a scene together, but right. we have to dance. We have to dance. So when you're when you come in a league and being such a fan of basketball, yes. specifically somebody like AI, you had his picture on your wall. Right. Right? A bunch and, of them. And so 35 of them. Yeah. <laughs> distortedly cut out at times. Yeah. How does that work with you Sorry. to get your head to like, yo, now I have to try to bust AI's ass? Because otherwise, just like AI, like I think one of the things that was misconstrued about AI when he said the comment about Jordan, he wasn't disrespecting him. He said, yo, when I'm out there, I'm trying to bust his yeah, head. I'm not giving him respect. Like so what did you do to like, like was there like that oh shit moment? when? Yo, you're- for sure. It was all the first. The first time you saw me in the guard was the first time I'm playing against Spreewell, right? And I remember at that time, the Knicks would be one end and you would be the other. So you kind of saw each other. And this is the first game I'm playing in the preseason. It's only preseason. And Spreewell says, and I can hear him down the hall, okay, I'm reloaded. I'm like, shit, that's Spreewell saying that. Like, oh, this is crazy. So my first time playing Spreewell, my first time playing Kobe, my first time playing Iverson. You know what I mean? Like, those are all first. First time meeting Michael Jordan. Like, those are all first. So, and being such a fan of the game, collecting trading cards, collecting, traveling on the plane with my basketball, dribbling my basketball through movie theaters in the mall. Like, I've never done a basketball drill in my life to this day. Like, it's all imagination just always having the ball with me. So, being such a fan of the game and meeting these people and seeing these people the first time, you're like, oh, man. But at that point, after that goes away, it's like, oh, they're going to embarrass me in front of everybody. I got to go back home and hear about this. So, let me, you know, do what I got to do. So uh, you just named th- three people. Sprewell, what was it like going against Sprewell, like when he was with the Knicks? I yeah, mean, he was it's a with freaking tornado. Yes. It was- talk about tenacity. Talk about Russell Westbrook. I mean, AI was inspired by Spree from the tenacity. Yes, yes. And Russell's like taking that sort that of just. level, yeah. But it's, it's, that's what I'm saying, to see a Sprewell, right? And then see AI, to see how he loves Sprewell. He took some of Sprewell's game and put it in his own, and then he put his own flavor on it. Now you see Westbrook doing the same thing. So the game's constantly evolving. Like, the ball's not going to stop bouncing. It's going to continue to evolve. What was, what was uh, Spreewell like, like playing against him? Like, uh, you're finally there. Like- I, was, I was nervous. I remember I tried to hit him with a crossover. I think I did hit him with it, but I may have missed the shot just being nervous. Like, ooh, I put, like he went for that. Like, ooh, I may have pulled that off. Okay. Like, all right, this stuff can work. Like, I'm only 19, but I, I, I can see it working. You're 19. And what yeah. about Kobe? You're young. You're oh, going to, my God. Well, like, so, what, what's, your, what's your biggest, like, first memory, like, most impressive memory of playing against Kobe? It was the Lakers, right? And I remember my first – it's maybe the first time we beat the Lakers. That was my third year in the league. So, my first year, I didn't play a lot, even though I was a lottery pick. My second year, I missed basically the whole year right. with an ACL injury. So, the third year, when I came back, I started getting, like, normal minutes. But I played against Kobe – I remember at that time, Kobe would come out, and then Shaq was behind him. It was like this Lakers had a whole different, like, allure to him. But I remember winning that game, and I had 24 and 10. It was my first double-double, 24 points, 10 assists. I had a headband on. It was good. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And, and who, out of those dudes, who was the most receptive and who was the most, like, 
like toughest, like on the rookie, like on the young dude, like in terms of like, like who was the friendliest out of all your idols and who was a dude that was like, you know, talking shit and like, you know, you could feel that like, yo, you need to show and prove. Right. You're, you're, 160, you're 116 pounds in here. Kobe didn't really talk like that, but you felt everything you just said about him. He was so serious and so he wanted to rip your heart out. You felt that. You felt that. He wanted to, like, he wanted to embarrass you in a whole different way. Right. He wanted to take your heart and literally see you, like, hand it back to you. Like, right. oh, this is yours in my hand, right? That was Kobe. Iverson was just relentless. He was, like, smoother with it, but he just never stopped coming. He just kept attacking you. That third year, right, at the time it's my career high, I get 33 and 8 assists. I had the ball against Philly. I matched it with Iverson the whole game. He gets 42 and 7. He had an off night, but he just kept attacking. He kept attacking. He kept – he's relentless. Relentless. Because AI, like, you wouldn't say he's the best at anything in particular – the thing that he was clearly the best at was playing the hardest and yes. the relentlessness. Yes. Not to say that he wasn't fantastic. I, I and his scoring ability. Like, he wasn't just the best three-point shooter. No. He wasn't like, but he, he just had a relationship with the basket. Like, he would get to the basket, his mid-range game, he would hit the three. You're already scared of the crossover, so you're already mentally psyched out. Like, what is he going to do? With By that time, he's so quick, he's gone. Was he really quick? Yeah, he was gone. And he was lighter than I was. I remember fouling him, and he, I was like, hey, he kind of, and he flew. I'm like, he's not even acting like him. Like, he's little. He's like a little ping pong ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. We'll be right back. Yo, the people have spoken. We are a five-star podcast. We've even got soft-ass T-shirts to prove it. Anytime you hear something on the I Am Rapport Podcast that is five-star worthy, go to iTunes and give us five-star reviews. You could do it as many times as you want. Leave us a review. We see everything. Ask a question. ILO us. Whatever you want. Hit up iTunes. Give us a review. The good, the bad, the indifferent, whatever you want. We want to take over iTunes. They still don't show us the love we deserve. Yo, all soft ass I Am Rapport stereo podcast t-shirts are available at districtlines.com forward slash I Am Rapport. We got the five-star stereo podcast tee, the I Am Rapport stereo podcast zip-up and pullover hoodies, the full Iverson t-shirt, the Stickman t-shirt collection, the I Don't Fact Check, the hard body karate t-shirt for men and women. Go to districtlines.com forward slash I Am Rapport. to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it jay crossover i'm gonna veer into hip-hop with you go anywhere you want to go where are you where are you at what, what, what's right what's the latest joint you downloaded that you're rocking in your car consistently that well, you've been I, rocking in your car for longer than a week. Oh, see, I just bought Joey Badass, but I haven't okay. listened to it. Okay. But I just bought it. Kendrick, I pre-ordered, obviously. Okay. I'm a fan of, like, 90s hip-hop. But I I'm, know. I, Wale is my guy. I'm waiting for his album to come out next right. month. So, like, J. Cole, I love J. Cole. <laughs> yeah, he's consistent. Like, I, I love real, like, lyricists, but I love 90s hip-hop. 90s always takes me back. Who, but, but from today, because I'm going to go into the 90s right, with Kendrick. you. Kendrick. Kendrick, Cole, Wale. I love them. They're my favorites, I would say. I love Gucci Mane for a different reason. Like okay. A whole different, like, he's not the lyricist they are, but he just, he has his lane. Right. He's the best at his lane. Now. What do you, because you, 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 we've talked about hip-hop, and we'll go into yeah. it. What do you think about the mumble rappers? Because to me, it's, it's, it's like indicative of the, of the young kids. Like, it's like, yeah. it's the they're not ready. They're not ready. Just like dudes coming in their right. NBA. Just because you get a record conference, just because it rhymes don't mean... Don't mean it's, it, it. And they don't even make albums really. It's just more singles and downloads, and you know. So, it's it's representative of this generation, though. To them, this is their Tupacs and their Ice Cubes and their you know. But do you really think these guys like you know like if you put on a certain Ice Cube song like something from his you know like his first record like you're like ah, in 20 years I don't know if they're gonna be like ah. No, they may not be. But right now, this is what they feel, and it's easier to make a record. It's yes. easier to. Be seen, or you know, you can put something on social media and get five hundred thousand views. Unbelievable! Yeah, it's, it's so easy to, to it's, you know, Drake said, "What a time to be alive!" It really for this generation is what a time to be alive and certain things that is going on. All right, the ob- ob- obligatory top five MCs. Let's do oh. let's do all alive. 
No disrespect to Biggie and Tupac. To me, their, their careers are so short, it's hard to put them in the mix. So let's exclude them because they're obviously in a category all themselves. They're, they're, they're now in like, you know. That era that only they can go to. Those basically. two guys. They're, 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 they're iconic beyond iconic. So today, and I know it's interchangeable. So okay. top five alive? Top five MCs alive. Alive. Today. However you want to wrap your head around. I could see you tomorrow. You might tell me a different right. five. Jay-Z. So you're not, this is not like, you know, gun to your head. So, but today the gun is to your head. Okay, so my five I always say, and then okay. we'll take them off, is Biggie, Tupac, Jay-Z, Nas, Andre 3000. So we'll take off Biggie okay. and, and Tupac right now. Okay, so we got Nas, yes. Biggie, Andre. No, Nas, Jay-Z, Andre. So we got two spots to fill. Eminem. Okay. But the thing with Eminem, to me, sick. Never want to be on an Eminem diss track. Every time I say the thing with yeah, Eminem, I'm like, Eminem please, please, please hear me out, Eminem. I feel like the beats that he's chosen to rhyme over on his solo records, they're not funky enough to me. Great songs, skill level ridiculous, Ginsu Knife MC, chop right. you up, flows right. up the wazoo. But do we really want to listen to I'm the real shady? The, the, the Hold shady. on, but you just said, now you're changing the, the question. I, I know. Because if we're just talking just straight lyricists, at all of them at their peak. I got you. I got to go Jay-Z, Nas, Andre, Eminem, Wayne, and now I got to put Kendrick in there. Wow. Yeah. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wayne? Do you remember Wayne's run? I remember his run. It was short. But do you, first of all, do you his remember? His lyrics, though. But do you remember that everything that built up to the it was like it was like he hit a hot spot. And listen, I just heard him on the Raekwon joint. Did you hear the new Raekwon? No, I heard that one. Yo, the Raekwon joint is yo, his voice to me is like listening to like Lou Rawls or some shit. <laughs> right. Like his voice, we when the beats are right, because his voice sounds yeah. it sounds grimy. So why are you questioning Wayne? Yo, he's on that joint. He's killing. I'm just saying, because there's one joint with Raekwon uh, with Wayne on Raekwon joint that's dope. All right. I'm not saying he's not dope either, but I'm just saying like there was a period where he was rocking. Yes. And what, what, what was that period? Like, what were the joints? I would say that's when he was, like, on mixtape everything. Yes. Like, he was just killing everything. Yes. Everything. Yes. Like, we heard Wayne so much. It He's was sick. He had a crazy run. But, okay, so you put him as a top five, and then Kendrick as, like, your sixth man. Yeah. Kendrick is the Jamal Crawford right now of MCs for you. That are alive. Alive. But his, his, his story's still being written. Like, he can still go I up. agree. Anyway. Yeah. He could go either way. He's got he's got you two on his new record. I'm saying he can See, go either way. He he can, but when he goes rapping, just rapping, just pure rapping, he can go to a place where very few alive or past can go. All right. Yes. All right. I'm not I'm not these are all good choices. Who's you, yours? Top five. I mean, I'm gonna go. Alive. I'm definitely Hove is on every choice. I'm I'm excluding Biggie and, and Tupac. Yeah, so a lot. Those Hove and Nas are on every list. Right. So those two. We're you know, good. and it it could vary, man. There's dudes like I mean, I, the, the three that my normal top five is Hove, Nas, Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, and KRS One. And that's your era, and I respect it. But there's, there's, you know, I mean, I was listening to a, a, an underrated MC. Q Tip is a banger. Yo, Q Tip joints, like if you listen to some like no, Q-tip. Sucker N Word, is Q- like, that should be in the Smithsonian Museum. Q Tip can go there rapping. Yes. He can go there acting. He can go there producing. Yeah, I didn't know if he could go there acting, and I love you, Tip. You I haven't you seen acting? that. I haven't seen that great Q-Tip performance. Yeah, no, I'm not, not saying he can't go there, yeah. and he's a total artist. I'm saying, and I wouldn't be surprised if he killed uh, the right part as right. an actor. I just haven't seen his his um his role in what was it? She hate me. It's okay. I'm not. But I'm saying right, I right, the Q-Tip I see could do. Saying. But 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 he's dope. Andre's sick too. Right. But Q-Tip. Big boy, is, big boy gets overshadowed, too. Like, his body of work is better than Andre's. It might be. But I'm just saying, take out just eye tests or, eye, you know, just listening. Ear tests. Just straight listening. Yes. I've seen Andre wrap circles around some of your favorite MCs. He's ill. He's ill. But he's so ill, he's not caught up in it. He's like, ah, I don't need to be anointed. I'm, yeah. I'm on my own lane. Whatever. Yeah, he's on some Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's on some something. pure artist stuff. And, and, I, and, and I think that... One of the things that frustrates me about hip hop is the guys that all these guys that we mentioned that are alive. Uh-huh. I think it's 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 in the culture of of rap music, hip hop, but their best interest to keep the music traditional. Right. That boom bap. It doesn't have to all be that boom bap. We're never going back to the nineties. Right. I know that. Right. But like some of the production, my biggest problem with well, there's there's a lot of problems with hip hop right now. But one of the biggest things that I think is lost in hip hop. 
is the production, mm-hmm. that craftsmanship of a tip, of a Pete Rock, of because a Because now a you can do fan. singles and it's just a catchy thing. And people, most of the people who are in the clubs, they don't want to go that deep with it. You know what I mean? They just want to feel good for the moment and that's just it. And that's why you'll see guys, I don't want to say names, but this generation who people think are like great and it's just, it's easy like... I could I could have wrote that or whatever. I forgot Rick Ross's album. I've been playing that nonstop. Okay. Ross makes good music. Yes, yes. Bless you. He but makes you, good you, music. you're just saying it's always as far as records, new records. Yes, new records. Yes, he does. But he makes really, he's consistent too. He makes good music. He picks good beats too. I agree. Yeah. I agree. When he's on the right beat. Yeah, he, he sounds good. He flows on it. He, he got flows. a specific yeah, voice. he flows. I mean, uh. yeah, no, he's dope. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's, there's like, you know, even like. Favorite groups ever. Let me hear you that. Favorite groups I mean, gotta go tribe. Tribe for sure. Um, Outcast. Outcast. NWA. Not NWA. Okay. I, I mean, I love their second album, no. but truth, honest truth, and you could ask most New Yorkers this: at the time when that first record came out, we were like, "What the fuck is this?" Okay. Straight up. Right. We were like, "It took, sounded." It took a while. What it? N- n- listen. Y'all didn't go to Compton. Y'all didn't see exactly how it felt to be. I, not not the content. The content in terms of, like, the message was there. Like, we get it. Like, yo, this must be wild out there. Right. And it was wild in New York. But the music and the rally, like, listen, these dudes are legends. And I I've, I've, I've learned to appreciate those first records. Right. But just for the ear test, when, what was it, 89 when they came out? Yeah. We were like, what the fuck is this? First of all, I, I'm, and I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm not a, um, I don't blush. But even I was like, yo, these guys cursing. Like, I was like, and I was 19, so I was filthy. But I was like. Yo, what is this? This is crazy. It was right. so vulgar. And I'm talking about, I'm not a prude. I was 19, but I was like, yo, this is, this is bugged out. And, and I felt like the, the rapping style was, was like caught like in the, in the 80s. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was caught in the early 80s. Like, and obviously in their second album, when Ren stepped in and obviously Cube mass, uh, left and Dre and they came back with the, the, the Fury, it was sick. Right. And Ren to me is an underrated MC, he is. I mean, they, he's Just like underrated. corrupt. Like, a lot of guys like that. He's like, sick. Like, yeah. his run, like, when he was on a, like when he was on the right beat, MC Ren with that voice, yeah, the villain. Yeah. yeah. He also was... Tribe, Outcast. Okay, Tribe, Outcast. Um, I'm trying to think. Man, I go Tribe, Outcast. I go EPMD. Okay. I'm not going to say Eric B and Rakim, although they're a group. I'll say, um, because, you know, the, the... I feel like we're missing somebody. Well, we're missing Gangstar. Yeah, Run DMC. Mass appeal. Run DMC is classic yeah, American DMC. music. That ain't that ain't dated. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Their joints nah. are their joints. Nah. Um, I mean, who, there's, there's, the Beat Nuts are one of my favorites. The Beat Nuts are like my, I would call them my Jamal Crawfords. Like their guys are like you forget about. Like right. you could forget. Right, right, right. Their first record and a lot and of people their, may not say off the top of their head, forget, but Jungle like, Brothers' yeah, first yeah, record, ridiculous. In new school. Dela. Dela. Who do you, who do you, I mean, it's the same, it's the same, the same list, there's the same no hip hop groups now. It, it, Not no groups anymore. Ray Sherman. Not Ray Sherman. Migos. Is, is that a group officially, yeah. technically? I think, yeah, they're a group. There's three, like how many people rhyme in that group? Yeah, I'm taking Outkast and. Outkast, yo. In, in, in Tribe. Outkast and Tribe, I mean. Those, I think those are my two favorite groups. Outkast is. In NWA, third. You love the NWA, because you're in Seattle. Yeah, I'm in the West Coast. So I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Like, How old were you in that? You must have been like a, like a kid. Yeah, I was like nine. The vulgarity bugged me out, yeah. and I was disgusting. Yeah. Like, I, I'm like, now I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm sort of prude, but at the 19, I was like, what the <laughs> f-? Like, it was just. I just remember all the older people I was riding with at the time were playing NWA. And, right. You know, like, it was like, you heard that for sure. All right, so Seattle, what's going on up there in the water? You're putting out NBA dudes. You got your dude, Isaiah Thomas. Killing it. You got your dude, Brian Scalabrini. Big Red. <coughs> Who else is from? What's the all, what's the all Seattle oh, team? Oh, man. I'll just throw names at you. Okay. You don't have to exclude anybody. Brandon Roy. Jason Terry. <coughs> Forgot about both of them. Uh, James Edwards. Clint Richardson. Right. Uh, Nate. Nate Robinson. Terrence Williams. Rodney Stuckey. Aaron Brooks. Martell Webster. Spencer Hawes. Uh, Luke Rittenauer. Um... Will Conroy, did I say Terrence Williams, Tony Roden, yeah. Isaiah Avery, uh, Marvin Williams. What, what, um, what, what is, is, like, I've never Doug Christie. Doug, I've never even Mike been. Mike Dickerson. To, that's a crew. That's a crew. All guards, too. 
mostly. What, what's the deal up there? Is, right, it, so, is it a small area where all these dudes are from? Yes and no. It's, it's, when I was going to the NBA, I remember playing when I was playing with the Bulls. And I remember playing, I was in Chicago at the time, so you had uh, Mike Finley over here, you had Antoine Walker over here, you had Tim Hardaway over here. You had, and they, were all, they played together, but they all kind of went their separate ways. So I said, okay, cool. When I go home, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure everybody kind of comes up together. And Jason Terry was right before me, and uh, Mike Dickerson was right before him. Doug Christie was before that. But I was kind of one of the ones that kind of was like, all right, we're getting everybody together. And so the younger generation, that's why you've seen so many guys after me. It was Brandon and Nate and Spencer and Martell and Marvin and everybody else I just named. They all came up after Rodney Stuckey. I say him. Yep. Yeah. So we got a bunch of guys. Did you see these? Who are the dudes underneath you in Seattle? Like the young. Like I seen they, every one of them come when up. they were younger. Who was like you were like yo? Brandon. Brandon. What was it about him? How mature he was for like on the court. He was a sophomore when I met him, and how talented he was. But Brandon Isaiah, I had him ever since he was a sophomore. Junior. Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. So now you you you're out there. You're playing against him, and he's trying to we give you the business. Yeah, we laugh about it. Every time we play against each other. Because it's still a personal thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still big brother. He's like, no, nah, that's my time. You know what I mean? So we're still going at it, for sure. And it, it's, it never stops. At first, every time we're on the court, we're laughing. or Because we talk every single day. We talk today. Like, we talk every single day. Like, I was a groomsman at his wedding. He's a groomsman at mine. Like, that's my brother, for that's real. That's dope. So, yeah, so it's like it's a whole different thing. So, so did you ever imagine, honestly, that he would emerge this much and be this prominent and this much of an offensive force? Like, honestly, did you, I mean, or you can't even predict that. Like, no, I mean, I'll tell you what I did tell him. When he got traded to Boston, he was down. He was like, man, I've been. I remember. And, and he was like, like, I don't even know where I am. Yeah, I'm like, if you do this right, you'll be an all-star. That well, the was system, it. The system? The you system, because they didn't have, like, a go-to score. They had a bunch of guys who could do dirty work, but he was, like, the go-to score. And they wouldn't try to change him. And he had guys that can kind of cover for him. He can cover for them on the other end. So, I told him, I said, you could be an all-star in the East. I didn't know he'd be in an MVP conversation. I know he averaged 29 points. Right. But I knew he would be an all-star. I told him, man, I'm like, you'll be an all-star in the East. But I didn't know everything else, the, the next level after that was coming so fast. How big of a loss was it that the, the Seattle Supersonics, which is such an iconic NBA team, yeah. I mean, the, the worst color scheme in NBA history, sorry. Or, or most iconic, one or the other. Most iconic or, or, or questionable. Fine. <laughs> I, I, I'm bringing them up. I love them. Yeah. Jack Sigma. See, what happened was, like, when I was coming up, I used to go work out with the Sonics. So I was working out with Gary Payton and Vin Baker and Sean Kemp and all those guys. Those guys were coming to my high school games. So when I got in touch with them and I can ask them questions, that kind of molded me and made my dreams a reality. Like, look, if you can play with the Sonics at 16, you can do this for real. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You're, wait, what do you mean? You're playing with pros at 16? I'm going to their facility at 16 years old. Because you're that dude at the time? Yeah, at the time. And so, like, what are your memories of that? Like, are, I was that's putting gotta on shows. Be... I was doing well. I was doing well in there. Are 16, you playing against pros? Yes. Ask Gary Payton about it. At 16 years old. So I'm going in there, and I'm like, you know what? My dream, I can, it's not so far-fetched. I'm playing against these guys. I can do – the pro-am I run now used to be Doug Christie's pro-am. I'm playing against Damon Stoudemire. I'm playing against um, – Sean Kemp, all these guys. I'm averaging 30 points at 16 years old. Are so I'm you like, kidding me? I'm like, I can do this. So my point is with those guys there, it made it more realistic. So now that's even more important for us to go back with no team so they can see Isaiah, they can see me, they can see Brandon, right. touch us and talk to us and be like, oh, we can do it too. So it, it, it inspires. That's, that's incredible, man. I mean, yeah. the, when you tell me like this about like you being so young, I mean, it's like some people are born to do something. Yeah, I was born to play basketball. It's obvious. Yeah, without a doubt. What's your Gary Payton story? Oh, you want to hear this one? I want to hear it. All right. So my <laughs> name is dude. my name is really rising in Seattle. You're how old? 16. And it's taken off. It's like, and I'm not bragging. This was, I'm one of the most famous, they're not famous. I'm most, one of the most well-known people in Seattle as a 16-year-old kid. Got you. School, I got you. Right? So Gary's nephew and I are close. Really close, right? And so he's always telling Gary, not with me there. You can't hold Jamal. You can't. This is the glove. He's telling Gary Payton this? This is the, to get under his skin. This is the glove. This is Gary Payton just come off 96 finals. This is the glove, right? So me, we're at this mall called South Center, still in Seattle. It's the most popular mall. Me, 
my two friends, one is being Gary Payton's nephew. We bump into Gary. Gary has like six people with him, all his boys, big guys, right? So this is the first time I've known that this guy has been telling Gary that I'm going to do this and that to him. So we're in the food court. This is the most popular part of South Center. This is Gary Payton. So everybody comes over there and everybody knows me, but this is still Gary Payton. So he goes down the line, talks to his nephew. You, you've been talking all this trash. I didn't already beat you at my camp. He talks to my other friend, who is Will Conroy, coach of UW now. I already beat you at my camp. You trash. And I'm the last one. And you, he points at me. You come see me because I'm hearing about all these crossovers and all this you're doing, all this and that. So you come see me. We'll play one-on-one. The bigger the crowd, the louder Gary gets, notorious. So we'll play one-on-one. If you beat me, I give you a million dollars. If I beat you, you got to run around naked in your neighborhood, and I'm going to drive around looking at you in one of my trucks. The whole crowd's there. It's packed. I mean, it is literally Hundreds of people who have come to watch this conversation. I'm 16. I'm not backing down. You're not going to embarrass me. I'm like, I'm like, I didn't say nothing, but whatever. We can do whatever, right? So we kind of go back and forth. And, and, and Gary Payton loves to talk crap. Oh, he's, he's, he's one of the best. Yes, period. He's and almost like did. the Don Rickles yes. of NBA. Like he's one of the, is he's he one the, of the best. One of the best. Ever, if not the best. And then he says, he says what he says after I say what I say. And he's like, let's ride. And all his guys in formation walk off like it was the president. I'm like, oh, my gosh. How do you come back from this? So that was my, one of my best Gary Payton stories. Did you ever wind up playing him one-on-one? No, we didn't. That game didn't happen. That never happened. So when, you did, when was the first time you actually did wind up playing in the game or a pickup game or a summer league game with Gary Payton? Uh, my rookie year. Oh, okay. So it wasn't until you were in the pros. Yeah, that I played what, against him. And what was, what was, what was it like? It was crazy because all that time, you know, knowing him, and at that point he started mentoring me. I went actually when I declared for the draft, I went and worked out with him in Oakland. I went and stayed with him and worked out with him and everything. So at that point, the talking we wasn't mentor. That wasn't mentor, you know, student at that point. That became after all that when he started coming to my high school games. I started hanging out with him, started picking his brain, and he became like a big brother. So then at that point, and when I played him on the court, it was just all this big brother. It wasn't the whole. I got you. All the animosity was gone. Because to me, my impression, I didn't hear it. Gary Payton, like his, his, his trash talk, it was never personal. It was basketball related. You know, yeah, it, but he'll take it wherever he needs to take he it. Would to. Take, he would. You know who else is a great trash Give, talker? Who? Paul Pierce. On the low? The truth, yeah, on the low and the high. The truth is something <laughs> else. The truth, the truth is one of the better trash talkers I've ever played. I'm going to tell you my, my all trash talk team I've played Give with, it guys. To I would, now I'm thinking, I've never done this before. Oh, I love it. Our guys I've been around. Obviously, Gary Payton. He's like a big brother. I didn't play with him. I was right. Jalen Rose was slick. He talked a lot. Oh, yeah, Jalen was slick. Jalen was really slick. Paul Pierce. What was his, his trash talking style? Uh, like what was his thing? Because I didn't. I who, didn't. Jaylen? No, Paul Pierce. Because I, I mean, I've seen him get into it with dudes, but I would never think like he talked. Because some dudes do it on the low. Like I, you learn later. Like Larry Bird was a big trash, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he wasn't like this. It was like kind of. Yeah, eerie. Paul will say anything, and it's hilarious. Like we'll be, he'll say anything. He'll talk about a guy wearing somebody else's shoes. He'll talk about oh, anything. Right. Like, oh, you you a fan of him? So you gonna wear his? Shoe? Oh, you can't get your own shoes? Okay, I got you. He'll say anything. Like, okay. Oh, anything. Okay. I can't even say some of the stuff. He'll, he'll say anything. But Paul's one of the best ones. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, who else? Give me some who else. Ooh. Let me think. Stefan didn't do too much talking. Now he's one of your coaches. What the hell? Sam was, Cassell? Oh, for, do, do, he was gone. When, he, did he play? Yeah, he no, was, I played against Sam. Yeah, Sam, Sam. I played against Stockton, man. Jeez, I played with Scottie Pippen. All right. I played with Oakley. KG. Oh. He got to be on your all track. I mean. For sure. What was he talking? But he seemed like he would Most talk to you. Students, talk to him, like to himself. To everybody, yes, yeah, to him. It's to Saying himself. what? Like, yo, we gonna get these money? Like what? So I've talked to people now that know KG. Obviously, Paul, Sam, Chauncey. KG's one of the most locked in people to ever play basketball. Like on game days, you know, not to even mess with him. Like he's so locked in on everything. He's going through the pregame like it's a game. Like going through everything at full bore. Like when you're warming up and like so, he's definitely on the all time. John Stockton, you played against. Yes, what, one of his last years. What I mean, he and he was always still. Yeah, he was still. Nice. He's one of the dudes. He was still averaging thir- double double. He was still averaging thirteen and eleven or thirteen and twelve. And he had a crossover too. He he like deceptive right to leave left. Your yeah, ass. right to left. Deceptive, smart, set some of the most solid picks. Was he a dirty player? He, <laughs> I won't call him dirty, but I say he did what it takes, whatever it took. He give you a little. Flail. Chris is the same way though. Paul. Yes. 
He's not dirty, but he'll do whatever it takes to win. There's nothing more important than winning. Nothing. Nothing. Chris. And not just in the games. We could play a shooting game. We could play pool. We could play anything, and that's Chris. He's competitive. That's an understatement. He's see, one of the most so competitive. He's so mild man, or what no, we see yeah, of him. That's, that's when he's not in competitive mode. He's one of the most competitive people I've ever met, been around anything. He's, he's on another level. And what, what about? What it's almost about, like a sickness. Really? Yes. He's nuts he's, like that? Yes, because it's not just basketball. It could be anything. Let's see what color car comes up first. Let's see. It, it, could be, <laughs> it could be anything. But that's what makes him, that's like the foundation of what makes him great. So great. You know what I mean? Jordan. What's oh, your Jordan story? What's oh, you, what which you, one? I, have, I was around him so long. What was the first time? Like, didn't he like you work out with him in the yeah. summer? Okay, so. When you yeah. were a rookie? Or you, my, okay, so the first time I met him. Well, before that, my dad. Is he nuts? Talk about competitive. Oh, yeah, he's, he's something different. But my dad, right, he's telling me in the draft, like, I hear Michael Jordan likes your game. He may try to trade for you. At this time, he was a VP for the Wizards. Uh, I'm like, man, my dad doesn't know. My dad used to play, by, by the way, at Oregon. Okay. He played with Kevin Love's dad. Okay. But he's like, I'm like, my dad doesn't know this business, right? So, anyways, fast forward, I get drafted by Chicago. Uh, the first time I meet Michael Jordan, Tim Grover calls me, 6-something in the morning. He's like, Hey, MJ said you could meet him. I'm like, what? All right. I had a game that day. So we had a shoot around at 10. I go down there at 7. It's just myself, MJ, Tim Grover the, in, the, the in the weight room. Yeah, in the weight room. Jordan's been there an hour. So he got there at 6. He was 40. But it, it was, so it was no secret to why he was so great. He was his work ethic along with his talent, along with his mind, along with his competitiveness, along with his mentality, along with his size, along with everything else. Right? So we're talking – I'm like, oh, man. So summer comes up. I start working out with him. It got, we never lost in two summers, ever. We play on the same team. Not one time did we lose in two summers. It would get to the point where he would wait for me to come to the gym, like, all right, I'm all here. Let's go. Like, he wouldn't play until I got there. He took a liking to me. I started going to his house. If you go look at the commercial where it's Michael Jordan, a Gatorade commercial, it's the old Jordan versus the young Jordan. Uh. He picked me to be the young Jordan. So we got, like, such a relationship. Michael Jordan introduced me to Jay-Z. I asked Michael Jordan, I was like, man, I got so cool with Michael Jordan. And I was like, you know, I want to meet Jay-Z. He's like, you want to meet Jay-Z? Okay, cool. <laughs> Michael Jordan introduced me to Jay-Z. And then how did he, did, 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 was he there when you met him? Or like, what, yeah, like, we were all out that night. All right. At a restaurant. A second, man. Oh, I, I could throw even another layer give on top me, of please that. Please give me all you the layers. You want another layer of that? Yeah, hell yeah, I want the layers. So, I tell Michael Jordan that, right? I ended up getting hurt when I was playing with Michael Jordan. Tear my ACL. So a couple weeks go by. You can't have your surgery with me. They got to let the swelling go down, all that stuff. Boom. Mike said, you want me to meet him? Okay, cool. Fast forward two weeks. We all at a restaurant. I'm meeting Michael at a restaurant. There's a black truck on the corner, just like any black truck. Like, we'll park right there. You wouldn't even notice anything special about it. Why aren't you on, you know, why are you up walking around? Why, you, why, why don't you got, no, why don't you have your crutches? That's what he said. Why are you walking around without your crutches? I'm like, you know, the swelling got to go down. It's all good. I walk up. Here's the truck on the corner. I walk, I'm walking this way. I get here. They're over here. Him, friends of ours. I walk up. Boom. Boom. The window goes down. It's Jay-Z. Like, they set up the whole thing. I said, oh, shit. I backed up like, like oh, shit. Like, oh, my good. Like, I've been wanting to meet him. From then, Jay starts coming to watch me pick up. Right. Picks me to wear his shoe. Right. We do a commercial together at S.Dot Carter. All that started because Michael Jordan. So when you're around, like, what is Michael Jordan's deal? Like, is he just a regular dude? Like, after you get used to all the craziness? Okay, first looks like there's a glow around him. Right, because you're, like, bugging out, right? It looks like there's white cloud around him. There's a glow. It looks like there's something you've never seen before at first. Then once I start seeing him all the time and start hanging out with him, then it's like, oh, he's just cool. And he's just as normal as possible, as he possibly could be, I should say. But, right, but when there's like, when, obviously when he's out in public, it's a different, because people right. are hysteria. Yeah, you can't even, like, imagine if you saw Michael Jordan walking down the street. Right, like he's just drink, drinking right. a coffee over here on Sentinella by right, himself. Right, like, right. You would lose your mind. So that part of it, you know, but other than that, like, when he was just closed quarters, he was as normal as possible. Now, when you're with Michael Jordan, he's wearing, like, Jordan's. soccer mom clothing. No. And are, do you ever want to be he's like, listen, baggy my- shorts. One day I go to the gym, he has. A yellow Jordan cutoff shirt. He has some black and yellow shorts, some Jordans with some yellow trim that probably still haven't come out. And then he had a yellow Ferrari outside. So he always was like just on another level. Michael, that's crazy, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, something totally different. 
Man, oh man, oh man. All right, my Knicks. You were there. Do you want me to be honest? Or you want me? To- Please, yeah, yeah. I want you to be honest. I want you to help me sleep better at night. Half the time they're playing one style, half the time they're playing another. And if what are the two styles? The triangle, triangle and everything else. Is there room for the triangle in this NBA today? I'm not saying it's not, but you have to have the right personnel to do it. Okay. You can't have guys who want to attack and play pick and roll in normal NBA basketball, but then you do the triangle. You're fighting before you even get to the opponent to play against. You're playing against yourselves. Like, that's not adding up. Do you, have you ever seen any, you've been on a bunch of teams, you've been around this league. How many, you're almost in the league 20 years. 17. I'm finishing my, tomorrow I will finish my 17th year. Congratulations. Thank you, I appreciate it. That's beautiful. Yeah, it is. By the way, Jamal Crawford and I share the same birthday. Yes, Pisces. March 20th. You played ball for the Knicks. Yes, love for, it. What, what, what was it like being a New York Knick? Just as a, like, as a basketball player. You want some stories from people in the Knicks? Oh, yeah. I want it all. All right. So, Do I want some stories? Is right. a bear shit in the woods? Yeah, I'm going to give you. I'm gonna the give bear you, shit in the woods. I'm going to give you three Simple stories. question. Three stories. Give it to me. My career high. Missed my first four shots. Had 52 against the Heat. You were at the game. I was at. You know who else was at the game? Hove? No. Neil Long? Heath Ledger. Oh, crap. That's he, right. He passed away right shortly after that. I remember that. Yeah. That's the one and only time I've seen Heath Ledger in my life. I never saw him. I didn't at- even know he was at the game until, you know, they had stars at the game, the Knicks side or whatever. And I saw it there. Heath Ledger was there. He, he passed shortly after that. That's crazy. Another time. Preseason. I go play well. Preseason, kind of, you know. It was preseason, but I wanted to kind of ingrain myself in the city a little bit. So I play. I was playing harder than usual. Play well. Go to town with Stefan. Adam Sandler's there. Mm-hmm. What's up, Jamal? What's up? He was at the game early. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. This is one of my first preseason games with the Knicks. I'm like, Adam Sandler knows who I am from this. Last time I'll give you. So we're playing the Miami Heat. I think it's the year they won the championship, I believe. And Samuel Jackson's there. I'm in a suit. <laughs> I'm in a suit. I'm hurt. I'm sitting out. I'm not serious, sir, but I'm not playing that game. And he comes to the game. He's like, across the court. He's sitting courtside across the game. He's like, you're not playing? I'm like, no, nah, I'm hurt. I point down on my foot. He's like, oh, like I only came to see you play tonight. I'm like, oh, man, that's Samuel Jackson. So, yeah, I, was, I got a bunch of Nick stories, but those are the three that stand out. Where was the pressure the most? Like, you, you're in L.A. You lived in New York, New York. You played for New York. You could feel it more? You could feel it. Why? Because it's like... It's like the people there are playing through you, almost. Almost like you are representing us. You are like even playing at the Rucker with Jay and those guys. Like you feel that energy. It's just a totally different energy. It's a totally different energy. You can't even try to duplicate it. That's cool what you just said. People yeah. are playing through you. Yeah. I've never said that before. But no, that, that, that was kind of the best way to describe it. I, I, I know what you mean. I, yeah. I, that's, I never You had... feel like you're playing through Stark. So your, your attachment to him was different. Like you... You love hard because of that, because you felt like that was you. Like, come, like you, you know. You were in You're the so garden passionate about it. during the Oakley situation. Yeah, you were. You, you were. I didn't even know it was him at first, because we're so, on the other side. Give me, give me, give me your take of, of of the Charles Oakley at the Garden. Right. So we're, you know, I know Oakley. He's one of my first <laughs> veterans playing in Chicago. So I see a skirmish going on. I'm, we're literally at the other side. I'm like, man, what's going on? The crowd, of course, they get into it, get louder. I'm like, what's going on? So we look. I didn't know it was Oak until he was in the tunnel going out. And like, you I didn't saw see, it. I saw people trying to escort him out. That's when I was like, dang, that was Oak. But up until that point, I didn't know because we couldn't see over there. Was that one of the craziest things? That yeah. had to be one of the craziest yeah, things. Yeah, for sure. But you got to remember, I was in the, the whole run our test tackling Brad Miller, uh, tackling Shaq and Shaq trying to hit Brad Miller. I was on the bench for that. Like, I've seen some crazy things, but that's probably been the craziest. What, what was Oakley like as a teammate? You're a young dude. Unbelievable. Now, what was his deal? He was, he was going to tell you the truth. He was a truth teller. He was going to tell you the truth, but he was never going to let nobody mess with you, ever. We used to go to football games together. He would cook for us. We'd go to eat together, just teaching you how to be a pro. No, you're supposed to wear a suit. I'm like, what do you mean you wear a suit? Like, I'm in this hip-hop era. Like, no, wear a suit. You're going to be a professional. They look at you differently. Like, he just taught me how to be a professional. That's dope. Yeah. I mean, because... Uh, Him, you know, Rick Brunson. I had some really good veterans. Ken, <laughs> Kendall Gill, Fred Hoiberg. I had some really good veterans. Scotty Pippen. Brunson's son plays for Villanova, right? Jaylen, yeah. Looks just like him. I used to shoot with him when he was a kid. Same thing with Tim Hardaway Jr. I used to shoot with him when he was eight, nine years old. Are you serious? Yeah. That's 
crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So these dudes, like you, you know, Tim Hardaway is no joke. No. Tim Jr. and you, you, these That's dudes. Shoot with them. You got to be like, yo, sorry, I got, I got to bring it to you. Yeah, yeah, they know that. And Man. I know, and I know they're coming up too. So I know they're coming. But Brunson's son, I seen. I was like, yo. That you could just, I didn't even have to hear it. I heard, saw his last name. I saw the way he looked. I was yeah, like, you know that. Was, yeah, yeah. I shoot with Jalen all the time. All right. LA Clippers, playoffs are coming up. You guys are playing your best ball. Yes, at the right time. People are getting healthy. Yes. Chris looks sprightly. Yes. Blake's back. Everybody's back except Austin. That's the only one. And we'll get right. him back soon enough. Yeah. Where, where, where's your head at with this Western Conference? I feel like when we're at our best and we're playing. Like we play, we can play with anybody. We've right. proven that. Our team right now is peaking at the right time. We didn't want to peak too early, and we've been through adversity. Because we started out the year 14-2, and two, but it was no adversity. We're fresh out of camp. You know, it's kind of like, hey, this is fresh again. We ain't seen you guys in forever. Now we've had some adversity, and now we're still bouncing back looking like that or better. So we're, we're excited about where we're going. Do you, do you like sort of being under the radar? Yes. Because for like this year, the playoffs, it's like Golden State, Golden State Ross, right. Oklahoma. And I get it. Harden. I get it. Yeah, we're, but we're under the radar, and we, we're good with that. Utah Jazz in the first round. Yes. I Tough was at, team. Say it again. Tough team. Tough team. Tough arena. Tough arena. It, it's like they're, they're, they're stacked up on top right of Right on top you. of you. And then the thin air, the altitude, like, yeah. Is that altitude thing, is that That's real? real? That's real. What's your? I seen you tweeted Russell Westbrook. This is my opinion on the MVP. Okay. Okay, Jamal. I'm gonna give you my opinion on Please. the MVP. You're a three-time Sixth Man of the Year winner. Yeah. In contention, Sixth Man of the Year this year. Yeah, but I, I, it's always I can always tell the momentum in the field. I can name some guys who are having great seasons. Ooh. And it's that for Eric Gordon. Yep. Houston's kind of a feel-good story. It's the first time off the bench. He'll he might he'll be right there if he does get it. I think him. Um, obviously, Lou Williams is playing great. He just went over there. I don't know how they'll do that with him kind of being half the year on right. a team that wasn't as good. Um, you know who's underrated as a six man is playing great? It's James Johnson. I think he's had a great year in Miami. Okay. Yeah, he's been good. You tweeted Russell Westbrook, MVP. Yes. Does it really make a fucking difference, Jamal? Do you think that Dirk sits around looking at his MVP the year he was eliminated by the Warriors? Do you think Steph is sitting there polishing his unanimous MVP when he lost? Do you think Charles Barkley is sitting there going, 93 MVP, that was great, but we lost in the finals? Talk about changing the NBA. When you first came in the league, the MVP would be, it'd be given and that would be, that'd be the end of it. It's a season-long pageant. (laughs) It's like a campaign literally from November. Yeah, because now everything is... Now everything is kind of social media driven. Everything. I'm seeing people like Bill Gates with social media. So my point is it makes the world a lot smaller. When it makes the world a lot smaller, things get more attention. You know, it's, it's faster. Think about it. Before you used to say a writer wrote something bad about you. Yes. You would have, to go all to the time. Whole, you would have to go to a whole other writer to say this is what really happened or a no, whole other TV show. You got hundreds of thousands of followers. You can hold your own press conference at your own phone. <laughs> You can I do it all the time. Exactly. So now it's just a different. It's a different world. But do you think this? There's too much impotence. The point that I'm making, obviously, but I'm saying it, it creates excitement. So now, if you're in China, if you're in, don't forget, it's the business of basketball. I so get that. It gets more people involved. It gets more people to fill apart. It gets more people engaged and looking at this and watching this. They're they're giving out the MVP award that these guys are busting their ass for right. now. June 26th, yeah, I'm two not, months after. After, I'm not really feeling that. And I don't care what anyone says, and you probably agree with me because you're in the same conference, but I, as a basketball fan, OKC ain't winning Jack Bone. They'll be lucky to make it out of the first round, and Houston ain't making it to the finals. So what dif- the point of this thing is, like, what difference does it make? Who the hell wins this MVP? And why are they giving it out two months after the fact yeah. when James Harden's tears are going to be wiped away? Russell Westbrook's tears are going to be wiped away. They're both going to be vacationed, decompressed. And at two months, you kind of start thinking about next season. Right. I don't know why they're doing the two-month thing. Don't you think it would add fuel to the fire as a fan? You're a fan. If you to give, give it to Westbrook. Give it to the Friday night. Right. You take the votes. <laughs> right. and, then, and then when they got to play game one, like Harden's like, yeah. oh, you won MVP? That's it. And who knows? It may go back to that. And allow him to celebrate either one, whoever wins it, in front of their home fans. And be, like, I, I don't know why the June thing. I'm there, not, there's I'm not never going to be like that, Mom, you're the real MVP, or that right. emotional Derrick Rose speech. Right. 
You know, like it takes it, that emotion out of it for it's sure. It's two months from now. Right. It's literally two months. Literally, yeah. And and you've watched other teams win. Your team's lost. Neither one of those teams are making it to the finals of the Western Conference. I'll bet my house on it. You're gonna knock would one of them out. Your, would you have bet your house that you wouldn't see a person average a triple double? Because I would have. You you would you would have never predicted it. There's no way in this league. How impressive is that? It's 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 out of this world. Why? Because when Oscar did it, the pace they were playing at, if you translate that to the numbers, Westbrook would be averaging like 50, 16, and 11. You, you'd, you'd, average, you'd, average a four, you'd average a fourple double yeah. in that era. There no was, disrespect to those no, guys. Not at all. There was only 10 or 12 teams then. And it wasn't fully integrated, which is the, which is the thing that totally, no one talks about. It was totally different. There was, a pro, there was a pro quo on black players. And just with these, these athletes today, and I'm not saying the game is – it's changed. It's changed. The I evolution of man. I just didn't think it was possible. Brian Scalabrini, your boy from Seattle, he would average a triple double back then. Oh, what I'm would not saying De- that shit. I'm saying it. DeAndre saying- Jordan would have been. He would have made Bill Russell null and void. <laughs> okay, but it's just. It's just. It's not about. It's just the era. It's the time. It's the evolution of man. How much would Shaq have averaged in 1961? Yeah, I can't. He, they, they would have to shut the league down. They would be like, "This is. This is unfair. Like this is a joke. Basketball yeah. would have stopped." I just never thought I would see somebody. Average triple double in this year, so to do that, and not only average triple double, lead the league and scoring while you're doing it, incredible. I, I'm, I almost need to drop this mic like this. No, don't <laughs> drop that, it. I won't drop it. But that, like, come, are you serious? What about James Harden though? Do, don't you think he should? I think he should win Most Improved Player because he went from being the most reluctant passer I've ever seen to leading the league in assists. That's Most Improved Player, and your boy LeBron, MAP, Most Arrogant Player. Mm. <laughs> Hmm. I, you, I, I love because I know hmm. you're not going to go down these roads with me. I just I'm like definitely not going reaction. down these roads with you. Even though I would say Harden has definitely become more dangerous being the point guard. And I didn't see that coming either. Like him being a point guard, but he's, he's took it to – he's had – he's in – make no mistake, one person's success doesn't mean another's failure. I totally So just agree. because if Westbrook does win, it doesn't mean Harden didn't have an epic season. Ridiculous doesn't season. doesn't mean Chris and Blake aren't having MVP-type season or Kawhi or LeBron or whoever. It just means this guy was – for this season, he was out of this world. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, I mean, I like to break chops, but all these guys, Kawhi, right. you know, LeBron, what he's done. I mean, is, and, and he's my number one dude who I like to, to break his chops. But what he's done with that team, that, that team would be the Brooklyn Nets without him. LeBron's a top five player all time already. Period. Period. Who's your top five now? Oh, if you had to make God. it. Here, let's do this. All time? Let's do this. I'm going to take this. From, from 1970 forward. So I want to exclude respectfully Anybody, Bill Russell, Oscar Robertson, and I don't want you to feel guilty. I'm going to say from, from I 19— I wouldn't have them on my top five either. I'm okay, sorry. but I'm just, I'm just saying it respectfully All because right. I feel like people feel like they have to say that, and I don't think that it should be. So from 1970 forward, your top—here, let's do this. Your top eight players, but they have to be in position, so you have to— like, Oh, in position? In position. Or do you want just your top eight players? Just top eight. Well, let me ask you this, and I'm going to watch your face right now. I'm going to watch. I'm going to give you the blink test. Who's better, LeBron or Kobe? No, no reaction. I'm not seeing any reaction. No blink, no LeBron's nothing. LeBron's script's still being written. Okay. Okay, fair enough. But Kobe. Kobe's my dude. I Kobe, fuck with Kobe. Yeah, I love Kobe. I'm just saying it's far. I'm I have saying- a personal attachment to Kobe because he's the closest thing that Jordan will ever see. Style, mentality, scoring ability, elk, everything. I so, agree. And Kobe's my dude. Yeah. I fuck I with Kobe. Kobe. But LeBron, they're too different. They're apples and oranges. They're like Magic and Jordan. Right. I agree. All four of those guys are on my list, by the way. Who? Kobe, Jordan, Magic, LeBron. Okay. Kareem. Kareem. You know, five? That's five. I'm going to tell you one people don't give enough credit to, and he might be up there. Akeem Olajuwon. The dream. He's so silly. That's six. You know, we should do this less excluding Jordan. It's like, it's like, just like, Jordan's the best. like why, why even have a list? Cause everybody's like I gotta, Jordan. I, to be fair, I would have to go through everybody else. Cause I, I mean, I love Isaiah. I think he's the best little guy to ever play. Zeke. Zeke. Yeah. I, I love Isaiah. I think birds up there. I the just, legend. I don't know the legend. So I don't know. There's That's so right. many great There's players. There's so many great players. But I just know Jordan to me is the best player. Ever. I agree. I agree. I, 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 I agree. I mean, Jamal, I, I hated the man. As a Nick fan. But that was really love. It was confused admiration. And I hated him. And I was clear on what it was. <laughs> now I can, I can say now it's confused with admiration. We'll never see. He's the best player ever. When you Period. say apples and oranges. Period. He is the best. So right now, but you, out of all those players you, you named, the only person from the current 
generation. And I agree, their scripts Shaq are being written. Shaq may be in there. Shaq. Shaq, daddy doesn't get his props like he should. I think we don't give Shaq his props like he should because he's on TV. And we just because took we it for granted. Because we see him so much, he's taken for You take it for granted. Yeah, you do. It's like you, you think he's like this jolly... I mean, yeah. He was a freaking beast. He was the most dominant player I've ever seen. When you're going against Shaq, do you want to stay out of his way? Period. Have you ever got... On both like, sides. You don't even want to go in there. He may foul you like a grown like man. Like, don't... You can get hurt. Think. Yes. Period. Like, he's like a dangerous person. Yeah, Shaq is... But he's on TV so much. And he's fun going. And he's fun loving. He's easy going. So you don't give him his props like we should. I don't know what else I could do, man. This has been great. We're going to have to do part two. Yeah, we got to do part two. We got to do part two. I mean, there's so much stuff here. Jamal Crawford, 37 but looks 27. How would you be if you didn't know how old you were? It'd be based on how you feel, and I feel like I'm great. Health tips by Jamal Crawford. Water. Stretching. Maintenance. What's the maintenance? No alcohol. No drugs. Yes. Period. No stress. Who's got the best hairline in the NBA? I say Paul George. Yours is fantastic. You're 37. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's uh, a mean hairline you got right there. Let me but see. But I look at Paul George, and I'm like, that is, His that's crisp. just intimidating. Yeah, it's that's a. It's down by the forehead. I mean, it's almost too low, but you know what? I'd rather <laughs> take too low than too, too high. high. You can't even meet in the middle? I'm saying yours is official. You're 37, look 27. And hairline people, of a 15-year-old. And people didn't think I can grow my hair out. I could grow it out however I wanted. It was just I didn't have the patience for it. But I grew it out this year, cut it, and I'm growing it back. Jamal Crawford, I'm wishing you so much luck in the playoffs. Thank you. I'm wishing the Clippers luck in the playoffs. Thank you. Shock the world. That's our plan. Six man of the year three times. Yes. Hip-hop aficionado. Was the oldest to win it at 34, came back and won again at 36. Oldest to ever win any major award. You, this ain't this is and, and that's just the beginning. I, I predict yeah, you're gonna. I think I predict you're gonna be playing, barring any bad injuries, forty two years old. Really? You're gonna be like one of those freaks. You're gonna be like forty two. Like I see five more years in you. I could do five. Five more years? Easy. Would you want to do five more years? Because you know what? The day I leave, I'm gonna be playing at LA Fitness anyway. I love it. But could, yo, you imagine you show up to LA Fitness? I do it now. Oh, they go crazy. I do it. Now. And you you just play like? I just play. And then you got to get the business from Jamal Crawford? Yeah. That's part of the deal. 42 years old. That's my prediction. That's your prediction. I w- that would be dope. I think my wife said that. 42? She said 41 or 42. Five more years. Yeah, it's nothing. One, this year, I just signed this last time I signed a three-year deal, and this year is already gone. Like, we have one game left. The season's over. Right. No, there's no reason why you can't play until no. you're 42. No. Be timeless. Be 42, look 32. Jamal Crawford. My man. Always. Always. I'm glad we could do this.